0: Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open The Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy a good conversation about love, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over, and probably also listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Yoga teacher, life coach, public speaker, and author Jennifer Martin joined me on today's show. She tells her story of overcoming eating disorders through stepping into her own worth, as she puts it. She helps others by helping them focus on how worthy and loved they truly are so that that they can overcome diet culture too. One of the coolest things I think she is trying to do is shift the narrative about workplace dress code because there is a lot of um, overbearing and inequitable wardrobe policies out there. We discuss the power of coaching and what it's all about and a little bit about our personal philosophies. Both of us really do feel that self-care is a lot of radical self-love. So as part of National Self Care Month. I hope that you will enjoy this conversation with Jennifer and I. On oh, Keep Them Coming today, I am joined by Jennifer Martin. We met recently and I thought she'd be a fantastic guest because she's also a coach. So, welcome, Jennifer. Thank you, Kristen. I'm happy to be here. Tell me a little bit more about what all you do.
1: Yes. So, as you said, I'm in a life coaching program and getting everything on my feet there. And Mm -hmm. my focus is building confidence and helping people who have eating disorders Mm -hmm. as I am someone who is a recovering bulimic, recovering Mm -hmm. anorexic, recovering pretty much anything besides the chewing and spitting. I don't, I never really got into that realm, but I dabbled with everything and it's taken many years of self-discovery many years of global travels to realize that what i was seeking was really was within oh, so okay. yeah it, it took a lot of travel and a lot of um inward introspection but also lately i've uh, undergone a yoga teacher training mm. so for the past six months i've been teaching yoga And I'm going into corporate yoga, chair yoga, leading meditations, Mm -hmm. and that's all intertwined with life coaching. But the most important part that I see myself uh, leading is into my public speaking. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Yeah, so I at first wanted to target high schoolers as that's when my anorexia started to manifest. Mm -hmm. But I realized that an eating disorder doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. What goes away is the obsession around food and maybe the obsession around your weight and body image, but it's a daily practice. It's a daily maintenance. So me as an adult, a young adult, I've noticed in my jobs in the past where I was in a corporate setting that there's so much talk about what diet people are on mm-hmm. and yeah. what exercise oh, yeah. they're trying you know how much they're spending on plastic surgery on botox and on personal training uh-huh. yeah. so i've I been there and
0: heard mm-hmm. heard those stories yes mm-hmm. absolutely
1: so what i've realized is if our our employees are taking time taking all this mental energy to stress about their image they're not working yeah they're not focusing on their customer. They're not building real relationships because if their insecurities around what they ate for breakfast...
0: And or how they, they look compared to the person that cube next to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That comparison. like mm-hmm. it's a lot of people. hmm
1: And even, even... I've been reading this book called Beauty Sickness, or mm-hmm. Beauty Sick, mm-hmm. by Dr. Renee Engel. And she mentions about how women have to have this outfit, right? It's a, it must be a three-piece. If it's a dress, then you've got to have some type of accessory in the shoe. What are the men wearing?
0: Yeah. <laughs> They've got a top and a bottom. Yep. That's about yep. it. So. And, and the, the thing that they wear often translates to 10 other things that they can go to. Mm-hmm. Whereas we've got to have these different outfits for these different things.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So so and I was I was there. I was there. I was actually told by my manager that I needed to step it up. And I was floored because I was wearing J Crew and all my life I thought J Crew was Were you
0: in a forward facing position, like customer facing position? I was on the phone all day long. So the only people you needed to compare to was the other people in the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. 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 I,
1: okay. We, I did have some some face to face interaction, but it was minimal. And I knew I would know and expect when I would see those people, mm-hmm. and I would always look presentable. In my opinion, you know, my hair maybe wasn't down because I don't want my hair down when I'm working. I I don't like my hair down most times, mm-hmm. and. I was uncomfortable in those pencil skirts. I was uncomfortable in those button-ups. So if I'm uncomfortable, then I'm rigid. And if I'm rigid, mm-hmm. I'm going to sound rigid on the phone. I'm yeah. going to sound desperate on the phone, and yeah. that's not good energy.
0: No, it's not at all. Mm-mm.
1: So that's a that's another key component of my talks is how can we how can we change the. Um, the standard of what we look like. Mm-hmm. How can we change business casual to be something that is less expensive? Because if we're if we're demanding a certain appearance out of our employees, then we're putting more pressure on them
0: to especially financially speaking. Mm-hmm. It's more adverse towards women because they have to spend more time doing what the expectations are. Because men don't have to do makeup, mm-hmm. men don't have to curl their hair. Mm-hmm. Or style it as much as anyone that's got the length of hair that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the, the pressure may be on for everyone, quote-unquote, equally. But as far as equity goes, that's more pressure on a woman.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And what we're spending on cosmetics. Mm-hmm. What we're Perfume, spending. Shoes, exactly. Exactly. Shaving
0: our legs. hmm Maybe getting laser hair removal because we're just tired of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's, that's my mission is
1: to, is to allow some grace mm-hmm. for men and women to realize that, yes, if you're going to be in a room with, or if you're, let's say you're having a meeting with a very attractive person, you will notice that they're an attractive person, but a month down the road, you're going to remember the people that you had a deep connection with you're going to remember the people that helped you in your career and that really listened to you opposed to that pretty person. Mm-hmm. So i am trying to move the needle to focus on connectivity, focus on relationships and focus on how we're treating others and our other coworkers rather to making this all about a popularity contest thank because thank
0: you. Thank you. Oh my graduated gosh, graduated high school.
1: Of you. About a decade ago. Right?
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm 20 years out. mm -hmm, But there mm -hmm. were times even in the last decade that, yeah, I felt some of those old tinges of the popularity contest coming back. And Mm -hmm. I just, I'm too old for that. I don't want to participate in that. Right? We're here to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: We're here to make money and support our families. Yes. And if we're worried about being judged by our coworkers or by our contractors, our clients, then it's it's just gonna create more chaos, and that creates more insecurity. And as and I I've had coworkers in the past who love their job, they love everything about what they're doing, but they didn't like the instance and the circumstances they were in in the office because of this high school mentality. Yeah. So that is my mission. When I when I said I wanted to speak to high schools. I actually met with a, a professional speaker who had been on your podcast. Oh. And he was uh, he was very transparent about, you know, if if you want to target high schools, that's great. But if you really want to make an impact and if you really wanna see the value that you're offering, get after the corporations. And it made me realize you're right. This this beauty ideal doesn't end in high school. This this insecurity about how I'm how I look like and who, who thinks I'm attractive, that's going to, that's going to keep growing into your late stages in your career. So I want to, again, change this idea of what it means to show up for work. And that doesn't mean to show up in front of your mirror. That means to show up for work, to show up for your relationships that you're building. Cause that's what this economy is, it's just a big connectivity.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> I, um, I'm a big strengths finders proponent and one of my top strengths mm. is, um, connectivity.
1: Oh so, yeah. yes. Connection. I believe that was one of mine. Dirt.
0: Connector. That's it. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. I think it was connector last time and I was, I'm a woo both times. I want everyone to like me, but, <laughs> but in the, in the contrary, I like everyone. I see, everyone on a scale of one to ten everyone I meet is about a seven and you have to really push my buttons or really bother me to go down a notch but I want to get to a 10 with everyone I love that yeah That's a great approach. it makes life a lot easier when you like everyone yes. whereas you're just gonna hate yourself if you're hating everyone because mm-hmm. you don't see any good in anyone that and we're yeah. all just reflections of Absolutely people.
0: That's something I talk to people a lot about is that, that self-love is what allows you to give love to mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. You know especially when we talk about body image. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just got done with summer, you know, and being at the pool and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not hundred percent comfortable with my body, no matter what the size is, just because I've had some weight loss, I've got some extra skin. I'm not exactly like firm and tight but I still choose to wear a two piece confidently mm-hmm. because if I'm not okay with my body as it is, then I'm telling other women that they shouldn't or couldn't be okay with their bodies. Absolutely. And I won't put that out on somebody else, but I'm just saying like sometimes you got to come at it from that. Loving yourself first gives you permission to be good to people in the world and then them permission to be good to themselves too.
1: hundred percent. And that saying everybody's is a bikini body yes. or... do you have a
0: body you your swimsuit ready your bikini exactly. ready absolutely exactly and
1: i was raised in a very conservative home where same. Same. i've been i've been looked at by my mother in the same way that i've been looked at by men at the bar she just scans me head to toe and gives me this look of disappointment. Not that men at the bar give me a look of <laughs> disappointment, obviously. But I, uh, if I have my midriff showing, if I'm in a crop top, I feel instantly judged by her. And I've realized that I was judging myself for so long by my crop top. But now, even if I'm teaching yoga, I will, I will wear a long sports bra with a little bit of midriff. Because to me... That shows so much growth in how I view myself. Because for years, even in some of my thinnest years, I wouldn't want to show off my body because I was ashamed of it. And today, it is the the days I feel the most bloated. It is the days I feel like I ate a lot the day before that I want to wear my tightest clothes. Mm -hmm. Because I want to remind myself that I'm still... Worthy of wearing something whatever that I wanna want to wear, right? Mm-hmm. Which might contradict what I said about earlier about um, wearing pencil skirts or button ups in the workplace. Not to not to say that you should be wearing that crop tops different. in the workplace. I would say it's different. However, when I'm out um, at networking events now, I I wear whatever I want. I'm wearing chacos right now mm-hmm. uh, from a coming And we out just of went a to a networking, networking event. event. Yeah. Right? One million cups. And I wear very colorful outfits because I wanna be seen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Much to much to my my fellow partners that may be wanting to wear all black or all gray, that's fine too. But wear what you wanna show up to be. Wear what you feel is a true reflection yes. of what of who you are.
0: Yeah. My brand has kind of become jeans and either like a little sweater and a, or a cute T-shirt or like My Body, My Choice or America Needs Nasty Women's shirt or, mm-hmm. you know, something cheeky like that and a jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a lot of bright colors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, you kind of just have to, like you say, build your build your own brand around your own style that makes you feel like you're just moving about the world being yourself. Mm-hmm. Not You are not showing up trying to be anything for anybody else. It's not about anybody else. It's just about you.
1: Right. Right. I've allowed a lot more accessories Mm -hmm. in my style, I've noticed. And I don't know if I wasn't doing that because I was a traveler and I didn't like owning things. And I think the anti-hoarding or the minimalist (laughs) approach Mm -hmm. was a way that I could purge something else that wasn't food. Mm -hmm. So lately even though (laughs) I'll look at my budget, I'll look at my checking account, I'm like, do I need to buy this $15 scarf on top of the the coffee at the KC Marketplace, (laughs) which is a trap. It's a total trap there on the plaza if you've never been. But I'll buy my coffee and I do a little round in the store and I'm like, you know what? This 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 scarf is is speaking to me. It's feminine. It's soft. It's floral, and that's how I feel right now. Now I'm wearing it in my ponytail. I love it. Speak. It's adorable. Thank yeah. you. And it's a little extra pop. And I've noticed that while um, you know adding all these things to our life may not always bring joy, it's adding just a little bit of detail that that can go so far. And that's another point of. Branding your personality. So I've been able to bring that in, uh, as there was years of my life where I didn't do any shopping because, one, I didn't want to go into a store to buy a large when I thought to myself, well, I used to be a double zero, and there were years in my life where I didn't want to buy the pants because I told myself, well, I'll just lose the weight. I'll just lose the weight. So I've been there too. mm -hmm. So now when I realize. Okay, Jen, you you need to buy another pair of shorts. Like everything in your everything in your closet is 3 years old. Like you've got to you've got to make that jump to just spend the $50 or so on a few new pieces mm-hmm. because you deserve it. Yeah. And you deserve to wear clothes that fit you that feel good and it fits and don't look at the tag. Look at how it makes you feel. So that's been a big, big component on, on feeling good in my skin and, and feeling proud of
0: what I'm putting on my body. It's a very Stacey London and Clinton Kelly from What's what not to wear attitude. Oh, is it? Oh God. Did you (laughs) ever watch that show? A
1: few episodes back in the day. I used to love
0: it. I swear that my wardrobe is because of them because I stopped buying things just because of like, how i thought i should look in them mm-hmm. or saying like one day i'll fit into this mm-hmm. or again holding on to things mm-hmm. that just didn't fit or were out of style or just whatever um learning to keep things around that looked good on me things right. that i felt good in things that allowed my confidence to show mm-hmm. like that a wardrobe makes a big difference absolutely and,
1: and thank goodness for marie kondo and her hiding up Mm -hmm. big platform that's just trailblazing because it allowed me to see that I am holding on to my double zero dresses for no good reason because those double zero dresses are almost a decade old Mm -hmm. and I am not a petite frame. I'm five seven. I have an athletic body and this athletic body will never be a double zero again and I am okay with that. And I love that because my athletic body is capable of doing athletic things. And that's more important to me now than seeing how, how small my waist can get.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that you've made that transition in your journey and your mindset.
1: Me too. Thank you.
0: And now you're out trying to help other people. Absolutely. So that's the thing about coaches Mm -hmm. is Okay. So people say, you know, those who can't do Mm, teach. mm. I think for coaches, it's different. I think that we are often the ones that are getting out there trying to be a resource for people because we wish we'd had us Mm. on our journeys. Absolutely. And something I've noticed is
1: that you've got to pay attention to what people are telling you about what you're good at. Yes. <laughs> for years, people had told me that you need to be a public speaker for years. People told me like you you should teach yoga. Like you're good at yoga. You have the voice. Mm-hmm. And then they'd been telling me you should be a life coach, but I never thought I could be a life coach because I was still purging every once mm-hmm. in a while. And, and you were and still growing probably. Exactly. Right. And, and my, my binging and purging was a taper and I'm, very proudly eight months free of binging and that has been the the most important part of, of my recovery is making sure that I'm taking care of myself and now I'm at a point of my life where I'm ready to take care of others and not take care but to inspire and to lead others to find what's their passion what's their strength and show them that they're worthy so then they actually will make the goals to achieve them.
0: Well put, mm-hmm. lovely. Thank
1: you. So, so yeah. As a coach, it's I realize after sessions, people are like, "Wow, I feel so good." And like, I thought this was gonna be like therapy, but therapists they they just tell me what to do. Whereas whereas I was the one who decided what to do. I'm like, exactly. What makes me a good coach is asking good questions. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. What's so ma- the number one mm-hmm. factor for mm-hmm. coaching? Absolutely, is we ask question
1: right and I realize all along when people would tell me like you know you're you should be a coach it's because every instance every interaction I've had in the past and I have had maybe millions not millions but I've met hundreds of thousands of people in my life I've traveled to over 32 countries and I always want to get to know people and after a conversation with them they're like whoa Jenny you get you get really deep. <laughs> and I go, Well, well, why be shallow? Right. Right. We're not here to
0: talk about the weather.
1: Why be we're <laughs> oh. not here to talk about the weather, Dad.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, gosh, that's awesome. I've, it's I've all... been to twenty-six countries. Right. And I'm I think we're a lot alike in that we can walk into a room and just make eye contact with mm-hmm. someone and shake their hand and have a conversation. Exactly. A real conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. Even if you don't speak my language, we can still connect. And I've noticed that from when I was in Japan and other countries where the dialect is so vastly different from English, you can still make a connection. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is make eye contact and smile. Yeah. And that's read so clearly. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Show interest, like genuine interest, and ask questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, Right, right. And when
1: People are, you know, will give me compliments on how I can make friends easily, and kind of lead a room. I tell them, well, the basic rule is is ask about them, get them to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. Then they'll leave the conversation thinking like, oh, wow, that person's so great, and that's because I showed interest in you, and and it's genuine because I want people to open up. I want people to realize how amazing they are. Yeah. And they don't see how amazing they are if they're sitting alone in the corner in silence. They have to see that by opening up and being true and being genuine. And a way that you can do that is just a simple conversation. And that's a great way to look at coaching for those who not haven't yet understood coaching or are still skeptical skeptical about coaching because I know I was I sure know I was I was like well, well they're not a therapist why am I spending money on on something that's a therapy yeah. cost uh-huh. but it's the value a coach brings is that as a coach I am your sounding board yes. and not only am I your sounding board I am your reflection and therefore but I'm not, I'm your reflection in a nudge non-judgmental way exactly yes and then what I do add that's not just you know paraphrasing or mirroring you're saying is is giving you some, some insight you may not be able to see. Yeah. For example, I was coaching with someone who, is getting her coaching career off the ground. She's like, well, it's just it's just hard. It's just hard. And mm-hmm. then I go, well, well, what about when you were a nurse for ten years? What was that state of mind you put yourself into? the day before you went into nursing school and what was that feeling when you graduated nursing school? And she's like, you you know, I get what you're saying. Like I, yeah, I, I was nervous, but I did it. And I, and I, I knew it was going to be hard work, but I knew I was going to do it because I had put my mind to it. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, how is coaching this coaching program any different? If you can graduate high school, if you can graduate college, if you can complete any certification of any sort, then you can achieve your goals in what your passion is. It's that simple. We just put so much focus on these very clear um, certifications on what's more structured or what's more corporate or what's been done before.
0: And I think it's also when you think, little bit of imposter syndrome that you know when you've been doing one thing and you're ready to make a transition Mm -hmm. there is that little voice in the back of your head that's going you don't have the experience you haven't done enough you need to go get more education there's other people out there that are better than you Mm -hmm. you're gonna fail at this Mm -hmm. people are gonna not want to pay you for this you're gonna waste your time like all those things can creep in right and we have to help people fight those Mm -hmm. voices and I think we have to I don't know about you, but there's times where I have to fight that too and oh. learn to just kind of stand in my power and go, you know what? I don't need to listen to those voices. Right. And here's why. And something to remind yourself when you have
1: those voices is every billionaire, well, some, some have some nepotism <laughs> in there, but every, uh. <laughs> every successful entrepreneur mm-hmm. had their first client. Yeah. Everyone had their first day that first phone call, that first cold email. First sale. Mm-hmm. First sale. And for me, I I, I don't really have a, a lack of confidence. Some days I do, but I'm a pretty confident person and I'm a pretty positive person and I, I can uh, attribute that to keeping me alive through my darkest of days. However, when I send these cold emails and when I send these um, cold voicemails cause they always go to voicemail.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm, I'm nervous, but I meditate before I do it. And then set I, set your intention. Yeah. I set mm-hmm. my intention, And before I hit send, I look at it as, am I trying to make a relationship with this person? Yes or no. Am I putting them and their interest first or mine first? Yes mm-hmm. or no. Mm-hmm. And then You know, am I leaving them with something? Am I leaving them with something of value? And if I'm answering all these questions to make it about them and how I can help them, then ultimately it will come back. And if it doesn't come back, then they're not my ideal client. And that's okay. Because out of every hundred people that you reach out to, all that matters is having that one client that you're going to help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with the starfish story?
1: No, please tell.
0: (laughs) So this is something from my Ginny Craig days that they had on the wall. like a little poster. I don't know if it's still there or not. Gosh, I hope so because it's something that has stuck with me. Um, <clears throat> clear my throat before I tell the story. Uh, so after a terrible storm, a man was walking on the beach. And he saw a young girl grabbing these starfish one by one and gently putting them back into the water. But as he looks around, he notices that there's like thousands of starfish on the beach so he walks up to her and asks her well why are you even bothering you're not really going to make a difference she picked up another starfish and she tossed it into the surf and she looked at him and said well I made a difference to that one so it's just that concept of you're showing up for the person that's there in front of you Mm -hmm. you cannot save everyone Mm -hmm. but you can help the people that are right there in front of you and just work diligently one by one absolutely
1: yeah Oh, I love that. I love that. And thank you because as I am accumulating a clientele base with coaching, I am just helping one person at a time. Mm-hmm. And I've been very uh, intentional with who I've asked to do coaching with. You should. Because again- You should be
0: picky who you take mm-hmm. as a client. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And again, with coaching, it's still this new age thinking and very woo-woo. But as I get into that woo-woo, as I get into the vortex, (laughs) I I realize... Into the flow. Into the flow, right? That I, I want it to be accessible, but at the same time, I can't force my opinions and what I've learned on others. All I can do is keep focus, keep my head down in my lane, and then I will attract the people that want to join on my bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And my bandwagon is playing all the top hits. <laughs> Actually, no, not the top hits because we are not really mainstream, but all the good funky grooves. Hell,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh. My uh, my boat. I say my boat, oh, not my boat. bandwagon, but on my boat. Yeah, I want to set sail on your boat. It's a huge cruise ship. It's a party ship. <laughs> um, it's got a playlist that I call Late Night Lover. So at all times... <laughs> My life literally revolves around sex, so which is all right though because hey, I'm a certified sex coach now. Yes, you are. I'm done with school. Heck yeah. Yes, time for some new business cards. <sighs> so excited. I, I feel so official. I feel so grown up now that I can say certified sex coach. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I worked hard for this. Yeah, you did. And it was a journey for me too. You know, I had to um, I had to get out there and try new things, have new experiences. Uh, I did a uh, training in Los Angeles a couple of years ago where we were just kind of bombarded with all this imagery, mm-hmm. um, to helping us really see what we're okay with and what okay. we're not okay with. Uh, and then just explored those feelings of like, where does that come from? If you're not okay with it, it's okay. It's cool. But like, where is that coming from? You know? Um, so yeah, I'm just so excited to be kind of at this point in my journey. Um, I had kind of worked on my imposter syndrome over the last year because I was, when I first started my business, I was like, well, who's going to really want to pay me if I'm not, you know, certified? Like mm-hmm. I do know a lot and I kind of focus more on the relationships and dating. And as I learned more and more on the sexology, it seemed like every time I finished a module, I'd have someone contact me. They had that exact issue that I had just like really do- dove deep into learning about. I'm like, mm-hmm. dang. Universal alignment. Exactly, exactly. Every time I felt like I was more and more prepared and more ready, that's when a client came in. So it's just funny how things work out sometimes. So I, you know, and I always think you do have to be picky about your clients. It is always important to make sure that not only are are you the right coach for them, but that they're the right client for Mm -hmm. you. And -hmm. never be afraid to say like, hey, I just don't know that I am the right resource for you but let me refer you out to somebody right. that is. So they'll, they'll either thank you for it immediately or they'll go try them and then they'll come back and say like, okay, much appreciated. Right, but right. That's a, that's a confidence thing that you just, um, every, again, everything coming back to you mm-hmm. too. Like mm-hmm. the confidence in that person needs the best resource and ultimately it will help me because I've helped them. Right. Yeah, that go-giver mentality That Dr. Michelle Robin talks about. Absolutely. And in a similar
1: vein, uh, setting your price points. Mm -hmm. And my best friend was giving me some great advice on how to uh, deliver your price points. And it's uh, so badly. I wanted to tell um, a potential client about my, my sessions costs and, I I revised the email so many times because at first I want to be like, you know, if payment plans, like I understand. And I was like, no, no. If if he wants to come to my cost, he'll come to my cost. Mm -hmm. If he needs to do some type of payment plan, he will ask for that. So even with, you know, being selective on your clients, it's also, you know, if this isn't something that you want to, if you choose to afford right now, because everything is a decision on what we spend money on, mm-hmm. then they either aren't your right clients or they will come back around and say, Okay, wait, yes, I'm willing. Here mm-hmm. you go. Like, let's yep. get started. I'm ready.
0: And money is energy, mm-hmm. it's all just an energy exchange. Mm-hmm. What energy are they willing to put behind the money that they give you? And mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm still, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that
1: and you know what my value is as as a speaker as a coach because it is you know I hold a lot of value in what I have to say but at the same time I do want to give away speeches to um to to people who may need it Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah you do the paid events right so that you can afford to do the pro bono events every once in a while when it it speaks to your heart Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely still trying to find
1: that balance and but it's it's been fun it's every day is a learning opportunity and that's the biggest key for me has been consistency and something that I've been very consistent in Whether it's three minutes or 30 minutes a day, is my meditation practice, Mm -hmm. which has just completely changed how I view my body, how I intake substances, whether that's alcohol or other illicit drugs. Like everything has just plummeted in how I've been putting things in my body and how i've been eating and again with with the bulimia it had to be a taper for me i couldn't be cold turkey on anything right. in my life right. as i have such a all or nothing mentality as most most addicts do So with meditation, that's been something like, even if I am three minutes late to work, I'm going to be three minutes late to work. And no one really cares if you're three minutes late to work (laughs) at a restaurant that that I've been doing to sustain myself lately. Uh, But, you know, it's, that's important to me. The three minutes of meditation has been so important to me. And that's something that I want to offer to everyone else is just, Three minutes, think inhale, think in, exhale, set a timer on your phone, put your phone on, do not disturb, airplane mode, mm-hmm. and see how things uh, unfold after a few weeks.
0: Very good. I, I need to be more consistent about taking my time for my meditation. I'm not as daily as mm-hmm. I should be. I'm definitely doing it multiple times a week, but my daily practice has not been the best. So I'm going to work on that. You're inspiring inspiring me to do better on that. I love it. I love it. So you mentioned being kind of eight months into your process. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, your process is longer than that. So I should say more. (laughs) Eight eight months into, um, what do you call it?
1: How can I explain this? The best way I can explain this was I was purging, binging, purging almost every day. And then it became down to once a month, Mm -hmm. um, after a few years. And then it was, it was a Thanksgiving or no. Oh gosh, I'm getting my holidays confused. It was Valentine's day of 2019 and it was the day before that Valentine's day where I, I, I just slipped into this, this phase of, you know, what am I doing with my life? I can barely afford anything. I still live at my parents. I'm you know, I'm in my mid twenties. Mm -hmm. Who am I? Like, what am I doing? Like, I, I'll never, I'll never get to this goal if I'm, if I'm still treating myself like that. So on Valentine's Day, I recommitted to God. I recommitted to my then sponsor to make a difference. So that was a big kind of awakening. And then my yoga teacher training, Mm -hmm. uh, what I learned in the Limbs of Yoga and one of them being the yamas. And that first yama being ahimsa, which means nonviolence. Not only does that mean nonviolence to others, to all living beings, to the environment, but nonviolence to yourself. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I would always purge if I binge. I wouldn't just purge after a meal because I, either way, what... Let, so to to not purge, I wouldn't binge. And while I still have days where I feel like I've overeaten or I'm like, whoa, I'm like, I'm pretty full mm-hmm. And that's okay and that's okay. but I'm not binging anymore mm-hmm. because what a binge is is putting myself past the point of full, being very uncomfortable in my skin and eating because I feel unworthy. Mm-hmm. So a way that I've been able to not get, not get from full to overeating to binging, is that when I'm full, I, and I, I'm, my, my addictive, my eating disorder voice wants to tell me, you know, just go for it. Like, who cares? Like, no one's been seeing you naked anyways. <laughs> like, like, whatever, you can just like put on your, your fat pants. And I would just tell myself, listen, addictive voice ahimsa like mm-hmm. nonviolence if i eat another cookie if i eat another what then i am harming myself because mm-hmm. i'm harming mm-hmm. my di- di- my digestive tract mm-hmm. i'm harming all the hormones and all of these things that are already firing my body and my stomach's already in overdrive mm-hmm. so just that one word ahimsa can really redirect to put myself in my place and allow myself to choose a different thought. So, oh, so a, a big guru I've been following is Gabby Bernstein and something she's been saying a lot in interviews is choose again, choose another thought. Uh, mm-hmm. So with someone who does suffer from overeating or um you know maybe binging out there choose again, choose another thought. Because for years, I would just think, you know, you're worthless, you're ugly, you're fat, you're, you know, you're fat, so might as well get fatter. Mm -hmm. I would always just tell myself that. Mm -hmm. And that was just another cycle of the next day. Well, you got fat, might as well, like, let's see how far we can go. Let's see. And then let's see how much weight we can lose. Mm -hmm. Because it's always a binge, than a restriction. Yeah. So now when I do have those thoughts come up, because they will, it's a daily maintenance, right? Yeah. I will have these thoughts of like, oh my gosh, like this has been your second like day in a row where you've had French fries. And I'm like, no, choose again. Mm -hmm. Like I either try to choose something that's not about food whatsoever, or I try to choose a thought that says, you know what, Jenny? You're fine. You are a beautiful woman. Your body is capable of so many things. Like you went on a run today, or you went to yoga, or you did a handstand. Like that's incredible. Do you know how many millions of people would love to be able to just go on a walk? Mm -hmm. So when I put myself in that perspective and not in a comparison mode, but of a your body is incredible mode, then I don't even want to choose that second serving or that dessert or yeah. that whatever. And, and I'm full and,
0: and you're making that important distinction though, that it is a daily choice and it is a daily practice. Mm-hmm. That was something I ran into with weight loss coaching was that moment when men and women, cause I had mostly women clients, but we did have male clients, but men and women would realize that, wow. So it's not, it's not just going to end when I hit my goal. Like I'm, I may struggle with this the rest of my life. And I would say, well, could you struggle with your weight the rest of your life? Sure. Could you change your mindset to think about each day you have to practice making yourself and your health and your vitality first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that sense, I was like, do you really think that an alcoholic stops being an alcoholic the day they have their last drink? Because <laughs> the goal is for them to stop drinking. But, oh, so you think that their goal is met? You no. think a drug addict doesn't think about drugs the rest of their life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A gambler doesn't think about like addiction or addictive behaviors or ha- habits can stay with us for a long time. Mm-hmm. Even if it means that it's us practicing daily to not do them, mm-hmm. to not do something that's destructive to us, and to choose to do something that makes us feel good, mm-hmm. but in a healthy way, a way that's good for us and everyone around us too. Absolutely. So it is a daily practice. It is a daily choice. And, but it should not be, it shouldn't be viewed as a negative, you know, it needs to be viewed as that not, it's not a struggle daily to do these things. Mm -hmm. It's a good choice to do these things that you get to choose to take good care of yourself.
1: Right. And one of my favorite quotes of 12 step programs is for today, Mm -hmm. just for today, because if you are an alcoholic, and it's your, even in your first month of sobriety, damn, does the lifetime seem so excruciating because it's like, well, I'm going to get invited to weddings. I'm going to get invited to parties and happy hours. But, but that wedding doesn't happen today. But today, you can choose to be sober. For today, I choose to go one meal at a time. Right. Mm-hmm. I, for today, I choose to be here with you present and not think about lunch. But then of course I just said that. So I'm like, Oh, what will I have for lunch? <laughs> but then again, it's just, it's just, if you put your mindset in the present moment, which is how meditation can help, mm-hmm. you're not going to be swarmed with negative thoughts about body image and food and alcohol and drugs and any type of substance that is detracting you from your goals. Mm hmm this whole mindfulness movement is such a blessing Yes, it is. and it's something that we have been crying out for. It's a true revolution mm-hmm. and
0: you and I are going to help trailblaze that revolution. Absolutely. It's exciting. I use a lot of techniques for mindfulness to help individuals and couples, especially in the bedroom that mm. I'm, not saying that maybe maybe you've had this experience or you've heard friends share this um, or partners have had this happen where they're just getting too into their head and then they're either losing their erection, she's not having the orgasm mm. she wants, like whatever. I use mindfulness techniques, which is like the sensate focus. Mm. You know, when you start thinking about all the other stuff or why you're, you know, not in that moment. You start thinking about what do you smell? What do you taste? What do you see in front of you? And that you can also use those things to like pull your partner back yeah, in. Yeah, that's like you arousing. See them, like if you see them getting in their heads, you can be like, you know, instead of feeling like, hey, pay more attention back over here to me and right. what I'm doing to you or what we're doing together, you can just be like, oh, you, you taste good. You smell great. You feel so good. Because yeah. then that, again, that's something that references a sensation pulls them back into the body. Mm. and it helps them refocus on what's going on in the moment. Mm. So I use a lot of mindfulness teachings uh, to help people. Fantastic. So speaking of, I mean, this is a uh, relationship and sexuality podcast. Mm-hmm. So your journey through all of this, um, you haven't mentioned having a partner at this point, so mm-hmm. I'm just kind of curious, how, how do you think that this journey has changed your mindset about how you interact in relationships?
1: Well, I'm at the point of my life where I don't wanna just date. Mm-hmm. I wanna be with my lifelong partner mm-hmm. because for years I was a chronic one night stander. Mm-hmm. And with all my travels, it was as if every country I went to I would land a guy from a different country and it was awesome. And I loved it. And I love but I loved it. It had its time and its it place in your life, right? For me, yeah. right? Because I'm realizing now that men aren't the ones with commitment issues that we love to just press on them. It's like, oh, men always have that issue. It's like, no, I'm the one with the commitment issue. I haven't been able to commit since college. Mm -hmm. And I'm very lucky that my, my first sexual partner was also my first love and we lost it to each other and we had a very deep first relationship. However, when I was in college... I was out to get my MRS degree. I wanted mm-hmm. to be somebody's trophy wife. I wanted to be the soccer mom, which, of course, I'm realizing, put me out of alignment of who I really am as an independent woman, mm-hmm. and that is how I, uh, you know, might have flirted or stayed in my anorexic phase because I I thought that to be thin. Was to be desirable, and uh-huh. to be a married woman, I must be desirable to attract a man. Yeah. So after um, I broke up with him, because I just felt really uh, trapped. I just felt like he wasn't respecting my individuality. I was then <laughs> having a good time. I was I was going out again. It was the college culture, the drinking culture. Um, mm-hmm. lots of drunk sex, mm-hmm. and when I started abroad, I wasn't focused on men at all. So I studied abroad my senior year after – I definitely caused some drama at my school. I went to Xavier University, which is a school about 4,500 students, so everyone knows about everyone's ah. business, <laughs> right? And then my, my study abroad year, or my semester, I, I had a French partner, which was – which was very fun, but other than that, <laughs> because that. how can you not feel romantic in, yeah, in right. France? Uh-huh. Um, but other than other than Bastian, I I was not focused on men at all. I was living my life, traveling to all these countries every weekend, and mm-hmm. then it came down to my last month uh, that I started really binging because I was really terrified of how I was going to go out to the world. And graduate and whatnot Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. throughout the next would have been four years after i graduated um, that's when the binging and purging really started to manifest and that's when more of these one night stands started manifest when i came back to kansas city in 2017 I immediately started hanging out with all my high school friends and they were all on this platform called Bumble that Mm. you might be familiar with. Oh,
0: I'm on it. Yeah.
1: And I, we would be out drinking and they would download it for me and set me up my profile and swipe for me. So I'd wake up with all these messages and I saw them start dating all these men. So I was like, well, I guess I have to date these men too. And I, I was dating all the wrong guys, the ones who were just there for sex and that the fuck I boys. Was, the fuck boys. But, but here's the thing, Kristen, I was a, I was a fuck girl mm-hmm. because I was going into it as well as like, whatever. I'm just
0: trying to get my, I've had my time where it was just exactly. like, yeah, we're going to, I mean, yeah, we're just going to have sex and it's not going to be anything more than that. Exactly. I've also cultivated like some good friends with benefits. I say a rotation mm-hmm. where it is more of a cultivated, like we actually have a friendship, but that's, everyone's, everyone's choice about where they want to be with that stuff can, can change. It can evolve and you got to do what's right for you Mm -hmm. and what's, what's okay for your heart and your mindset.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. At this point, I've been single for four years. Mm -hmm. So I, and there's so many, there's so many options out there right now. If Mm -hmm. you're looking for the one and you're wanting to just like kind of be on your own, there's space for that. If you want to do one-night stands, there's space for Mm. that. If you want to have a friends with benefits rotation, there's space for that. Mm -hmm. That's the thing I kind of like about right now is we are changing, I think, more into a like, you do you. You do what you feel is good Mm -hmm. for you as long as you are moving about in the world, feeling okay in your heart space, and you are treating other people with respect. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, you know, if you're not being nice to people, that's a different story. Right. Always got to be good to people and take care of your sexual health. Right. Right. That's a big part of it. Yeah. So you're kind of done with that part is what you're saying. And you're kind of ready for something different.
1: Right. And I was, I was doing the one night stand and I was okay with that because again, I wasn't looking for anything, but I still wanted to feel sexy. I Mm -hmm. still wanted to feel, I guess the word values coming up, but I know that that wasn't what I felt. I wanted to feel desired. Yeah. And that is pretty easy for me because I'm a strong woman. Um, I'm. I know to how to. I know how to catch and attract a man, but I don't want what's easy anymore. That's right. why. That's why I quit my full time job. That's why I'm going into a life coaching field and a public speaking field because I don't want what's easy. I want what's gonna be sustainable and permanent in my life. So wow. Well, let's see. Two years ago it was, 2017 Christmas Eve Eve, I met a man at a bar and we met off of a lie. My girlfriend was in town um, and she was like, she pointed to him and he's smoking a jewel. And I didn't know what a jewel was uh-huh. at this point because I live under a rock. And she's like, ask him if that's weed. And I was like, so I go up to him. I was like, Hey, is that, is that weed? Can I have a hit? And he's like, sure. And so <laughs> I, you know, he lied to me straight up and I, I went home with him and he got my Snapchat, but not my number, which I like don't understand this whole Snapchat culture and Uh and why guys (laughs) think like, oh yeah, let me get your Snapchat. I just think it's so odd. But I was like, just had in my mind. He's just going to be one night stand, whatever. But then he kept messaging me and messaged me. And then we met up the next weekend. And then the third time we saw each other was a lunch date, no sex. Mm I was like, Whoa. Like, this is what couples do. And then we kept doing things that couples do. Mm-hmm. And we went on a trip together. And we we would, you know, have... We would do all of these things. And then he told me he loved me. And then mm-hmm. he asked me to tell him that I loved him. While having sex. While
0: drunk and high. Oh, yeah. No, that's not the best time to say I love we, you. We
1: And I realized that we were always up under some type of influence. Mm-hmm. And I did... I did a hard drugs that I would never do on a on a regular occasion. Like some drugs are meant for very special occasions. Yes, agreed. <laughs> for either a birthday or a Vegas. music festival. Right, yes. exactly. And he was like I was doing this on a weeknight with him. Mm-hmm. And that is not me and I allowed him to kind of and I allowed myself to be persuaded by him. So after four months, I mentioned something about calling him my boyfriend to him, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm sorry, but like, I just don't know if I'm emotionally available or not."
0: Wait, he said, "I love you,"
1: which, which to me is is means that you're emotionally available. That's,
0: that's to me much deeper than calling someone your boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So after and that's just confirming the whole thing that. People these days don't know how to date. That or he oh. was <laughs> a
1: sociopath <Yeah>. who <laughs> There's that. could tell any woman that he loved them yeah. and not feel any guilt or shame yeah. for making them believe that. Mm-hmm. But There's that. What, hap- what good happened out of this, because I don't regret Anyone I've banged. I don't regret anything I've done. I don't regret any drug I've done. Well, maybe not. But uh, <laughs> I've regretted many, many drunken nights with all the hangovers that come to it now. But mm-hmm. what came out of this heartache was a flow of poetry. So then I began writing all this poetry and I ended up publishing a book. That's and fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. What's so your book called? It's called Emotionally Bankrupt and i write about quitting my job mm-hmm. which after i was writing all this poetry about this man the therapist i would see for three sessions was like okay how are things i said things are good i don't i mean i don't i'm not crying about him anymore but i'm still writing about him and i think about him she's like okay well let's try not to write about him what else is bothering you and i said my work i hate my job and she's like why don't you write about that so then the more i wrote about that i the harder it was for me to go into my job and then I was like, okay, well, what did that therapist say? I'm like, okay, what about writing about my eating disorder? So I would then start writing poems about my eating disorder, and then through multiple networking events and just steering, just deciding on how I want to approach my life and my career, I then conformed to this book of quitting your job, eating disorders, and love, and how to overcome all of these these heartaches in your life Wow. so let's see in 2019 jenny i've had two partners Mm -hmm. (laughs) one was a bumble and i and i we'd kind of it was the worst date ever he was (laughs) first of all i invited him to boulevardia and for Uh the kansas city listeners he asked me oh what's that and I should have seen that as the first red flag. Like, how do you live in Kansas City and well, not know what Boulevard is? If he was
0: new to town, maybe. But yeah, if he's but a tenant, he, um, he went to a Shawnee Mission High School. Oh, yeah. If he's a lifer, he should know what Boulevard is. Right? Yes, yes, yes. So
1: on the on the Uber drive over, I go, So, do you like the bands? What type of music do you listen to? And he's like, oh, I don't really listen to music. And I'm just like,
0: What? <gasps> oh, what? Do you no. like killing people for fun? If you don't say you don't like music, I right? have nothing to talk about.
1: And then I go well what do you do when you're in the car and he's like I listen to podcasts I'm like that's fair and we got onto something like I found out that he doesn't like driving with the windows down I'm like well what like how do you experience if it's the from, country
0: air when you're yeah. not on the highway like
1: if it's between 60 and 85 degrees you best bet my windows oh, yeah. are down I
0: love rolling down Ward Parkway right? with my windows oh,
1: down in the fall and the exactly. spring oh my gosh Again,
0: and it's almost here
1: serial killer total serial killer but yeah, you agreed. know, I was physically attracted to him and we knew that nothing was going to come of this and I was at a about 8 month, 6 month dry spell, yeah, 6 month and I was like, "All right, let's just let's just do this." Um and then I deleted Bumble. I was like, "Well, that was a nightmare. That's not going to happen again." <laughs> and I'm just I, again, I'm at my point where I don't think there's anything wrong with Bumble or apps, but I don't feel like I'm going to meet my person yeah. on an app. I want yeah. to meet my person organically. And my second person was Fernando Flores from my trip in Ciudad de Mexico. Oh, my God. So, again, nice. I always I always land them when oh, I'm right. abroad.
0: <laughs> I've had the
1: abroad, booty. But I love it because it's like, you know, we live in different countries. I'll never see you again. But let's have an amazing conversation, this intimate connection. And the sex is always so good because it's like the first time and, and mm-hmm. you know it's going to be the only time. So see so you bring
0: your A-game. It's the super FDT. on my A-game. Yeah. So <laughs> right now,
1: you know, it's October 2019, Jenny. And I am okay. I'm okay if I don't have sex for another year. I just want to keep being focused on my, on my career at hand. And I want to keep being engaged in the relationships I already have and the relationships that I make every day, like you and I, Mm -hmm. because if I'm on these apps, if I'm thinking about men, then I'm not going to be focused on my work. And that's what's really important to me right now. And I know that my soulmate is out there
0: and he's worth waiting for. That's right. That's a great attitude. I'm actually thinking about giving up Bumble at this point because I'm just, oh, this last experience that I just had with somebody where we talked and talked and talked on the phone, but it was like we almost, okay, it talked me out of it is kind of how it ended up being because it was like we, we got this connection on the phone that was almost too much in the first like week of knowing each other. We never actually met in person that it made him like get too like intrusive where I had to be like, whoa, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of over the experiences I've been having lately with Bumble. Cause like you Mm. say, it's not like I'm going to meet my person. Mm. Um, and I had taken two years off of doing any form of online dating. And I said, during that time, I had more great dates and great lays than I did with doing anything digital before that. Um, but I gave myself one year (laughs) to try digital dating again. So I did hinge and Mm. now I'm on Bumble. Um, here it is October and I'm going to give it through the end of the year and I think I'm gonna get rid of it so it's just there's so many people in the world to meet mm-hmm. I just I would they're rather not all on apps no they're not and with what we're both doing being out in the world living our best lives and building our businesses we're probably going to meet someone that's out there on their journey doing the mm-hmm. same thing and that's probably what we're gonna need is somebody that's a visionary, someone that dreams big, someone that has plans, you know, to do something in this world. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, a lot of those guys are not the ones on Bumble and Hinge right. or OK Cupid or Tinder. Right. And something that
1: was super triggering for me was realizing that I'm comparing men to men. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they're comparing me to other women. Yeah. And with my history with body dysmorphia – it was just traumatizing to think that someone's going to choose someone else because of these five photos I put up. And I, I didn't
0: say the right thing in my right, profile. Right.
1: And I'm a terrible texter. I come <laughs> off either. I come off as a bitch, which, no, I'm just being funny. And you can't read through sarcasm. <laughs> That's only out of your lack of intellect. <laughs> Although I will
0: say anytime I see a guy put on there on his profile that like... Um, Highly proficient in sarcasm. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't know how to use your words. Left. Right? Right? Or like <laughs> highly
1: deficient in originality is what
0: you mm, might have yes. put it instead. When they say work hard, play hard, that's when I think they're highly deficient in or originality. About tacos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could go yeah, on. And talks on about tacos. But we're trying to help you guys. Yeah, we're trying listen. to help you. But also, ladies, stop putting Snapchat filtered pictures on your profiles.
1: Ooh, yeah, selfies in general.
0: And apparently work hard, play hard is a thing on ladies' profiles too. So, I mean, I have sw- swiped on ladies and I've definitely seen that. But, yeah, it's the Snapchat filter pictures. I'm like, please stop. Yeah. And the Where's Waldo. It's for both genders. No more Where's Waldo. Meaning you are in a group photo and oh, all your gotcha. other pictures make it to where, we're like, I, I'm not sure who this who is because they're wearing you? hat and a sunglasses in this one. Or they're wearing, yeah, yeah there's <laughs> different ways that you can be like, I don't know who the fuck you are. i like, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway. And I digress. When people are
1: like, oh, are you talking? Are you talking to someone? I don't really know what that means. Even when I was on the dating scene, I guess, mm-hmm. I, I'm i a terrible texter. Mm-hmm. I, either, I come off so strong because I want to be as authentic as I can at all times, mm-hmm. Good. and Good policy. sometimes my authenticity is like I just want to love you so much, <laughs> and that's terrifying to men. That's absolutely you're like Elvira. Terrifying.
0: From Tiny Toons. So did you ever watch? Oh, you're maybe a little young for that one. So mm. Tiny Toons was like Looney Tunes, yeah. but they were little kids, and yeah. there was this little girl that she loved all the animals, but <gasps> she like yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm you're like yeah, that's you. You're all virus. I just want to love
1: on you and give you all the kisses. But <laughs> but maybe maybe that's like after a year of a, being in a relationship <laughs> with someone, and not before any relationship has been established. Yeah. So yeah. I'm learning. I'm learning. Work on slow in your role. Yeah. Right?
0: And just let it unfurl right. naturally. Yeah. Right. And I
1: realize um, learning about yin-yang energy, feminine mm-hmm. masculine energy, energy, I'm very masculine. I'm very dominant in my beliefs and achieving my goals. And that can be intimidating. I 100%
0: identify with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A psychic I saw not too long ago would tell me that men are intimidated to date me because if they were to do so, that if we were to wake up, it would be devastating for them and would cause them many months of therapy, which caused me to cry right then and there because I know that's what would hap- that happen to my college boyfriend. I know that I, I completely just tore his heart apart uh, because his friends would say yo he's not doing well like he's really depressed and I I would never want to would never want that even on that man that I mentioned that broke my heart I don't want any harm towards him I want the best for everyone and I understand that because I love so deeply because I connect so deeply and I like I just want to Elvira everyone Mm -hmm. that when I go away it's it's that part that part goes away so i'm willing to wait and i'm 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 trying to practice receiving and that's why i'm not on these dating apps that's why i'm not going to too many like mixel, mixers or mingles mm-hmm. um, and i'm going i'm yeah. going to networking events because i want to i want to meet other entrepreneurs yes. and other people that are in alignment with with coaching and bettering the
0: world yes and through those things i say when you are out in the world doing your thing You're not only networking for your business, you're networking for yourself as a person. You're building that personal brand. And that personal brand extends to many things, including your life, your love life, and your relationships. So you may meet someone who really grows to like and respect you as a business person and as a coach. But then one day they meet someone who's like, you know what? I really need to introduce these two. Mm -hmm. You You never know who the people that you meet will help bring into your life Mm -hmm. so just keep Mm -hmm. getting out there I'm going to do a little um, card reading here for you since you're talking about all this stuff that you're trying to like bring into your life so I've got the erotic tarot cards out here for her and I'm going to shuffle them up for her here a couple of times then we'll finish off with a little little reading for you
1: super excited oh these are it's a fun little design there yeah
0: Okay, so we're just gonna take that top card there. So Okay. You got you got the three of fire. So describe what your card looks like.
1: There is a suited man on a pen on a bench in a park, a park bench. And there is a naked blonde woman, which for the listeners here, I'm also a blonde woman.
0: With curly hair
1: with curly hair. Mm-hmm. And her bra is laid out, her clothes are laid out, she's got one shoe out. But the man is like uh, he kind of has like a Donald Trump face like oh, which is <laughs> kind of disturbing. Oh, but he's looking straight in front of like kind of like, oh, what? But he's fully clothed and she is just got her legs wrapped around him, her arms oh. wrapped around him, and he is looking pretty bashful.
0: Yeah, he looks a little red face, but Mm -hmm. like she looks like she's naked on top of him. Mm -hmm. So let's see here. The fire suit corresponds. Okay. It's a sense of taste in the creative and passionate sphere. Fire controls creativity, desire, and ambition Mm. and satisfaction. It's also that area of our being, which seeks the perverse and transgressions. So the three is for exploration, discovery, taking the initiative astrological meaning is the sun in Aries so it's a little bit of impulsivity but also living assertively
1: heck yeah that's a hundred percent me
0: hell yeah everyone I've done a reading for is like that's me that's me right
1: and all these signs all this astrology like if you believe it to be true it's true Mm -hmm. and the two days ago I was dog-sitting, and I'd already used the pantry for chips and salsa. Mm -hmm. And a few hours later, I opened up the pantry again, and a wasp flew out. And I'm freaking out. I'm trying to get it to go outside, but it's nighttime, so it's only going towards the lights. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And I go look up spiritual significance of a wasp. And it means that you're achieving your goals. And Mm. then I asked my astrologist friend, what what is your opinion? I didn't tell her what happened. I was like, What's your opinion of the wasp? And she goes, Well, think about the wasp. It's it's fly, so it's an air creature. And it can nest anywhere mm-hmm. and it attacks. So this is very similar what you just read, because yes, I am I'm going for it. I and I can be pretty impulsive. And and I'm trying to when I send out my emails for outreach or when I get an email back. That's something I want to work on is, is not being like, so like, yay, you want to work with me. Awesome. And just be like, okay, yes, they want to work with me. Of course they want to work with me. I'm the
0: shit. Right. right? So this is, oh,
1: I love it. I love okay. a good
0: tarot. We'll carry that energy with you. Yes.
1: Thank you, so. Kristen.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on here with me today. Um, so tell, tell everyone how they can find you on like social media, your website, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. mm mm-hmm. Uh, My Instagram is at
1: miss.jennifer.martin. My website is missjennifermartin.com. And if you would like to email me, have any questions for me, you can always just shoot me a DM DM, or it's contact at missjennifermartin.com for an email. Again, I'm in the Kansas City area and would love to meet you face-to-face,
0: but I'm also do life coaching remote and would love to connect with you from all around the world. Perfect. Virtual coaching is one of the best things these days. We can work with clients all over the country. Yeah. And I I worked with a client while she Mm -hmm. was stationed overseas on her, uh, deployment. She was in Baghdad. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll have coaching calls with people in Switzerland and Africa. And it's beautiful because we are all connected. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will look forward to deepening our connection as well offline. But again, thank you so much for sharing your story today and, uh, wish you all the success in the world. Thank you. This has been great. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we discussed in the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my not safe for work email list called The Dirty Bird if you want more content about sex and relationships. You can support said content like my work with this podcast and other forms of media by visiting listener support with Anchor FM or visit patreon.com to become one of my patrons. Again, check the show notes. I have links for you there. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.